Chapter Twenty Six of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty Six, the gods are just. There was an absolute silence for a few moments. What with one accusation and another, Inspector Morgan's brain was reeling. Gerald could only stare in blank amazement at the negro who declared so positively that Mrs. Birch was guilty of a cowardly murder as for the accused woman she put aside her weeping daughter gently and faced the police boldly todd and reb and arnold were silent out of sheer astonishment haskins had thought geary guilty arnold had believed reb to be the doer of the deed todd deemed that mrs crosby had struck the blow but not one of the three ever fancied that mrs birch was the mysterious assassin of the unfortunate italian ask this man said mrs birch harshly to morgan and pointing towards geary ask him on what grounds he makes such an accusation my daughter and i certainly were at belldown and drove on past leegarth intending to call on major reb at the devon maid but our car broke down and we were obliged to stop in a cottage for the night i can prove an alibi if you can said morgan finding his tongue why should your daughter say that she would have saved you if she could my daughter is mad with terror said mrs birch stonily madge knows that i am wholly innocent and she looked at mrs crosby yes 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 whispered the widow faintly we stopped the night in a cottage we are innocent my mother can prove an alibi dat one big lie cried geary with scorn you would like the major to say dat i killed valeria oh yes and i would be hanged sir he turned reproachfully towards his master who had been willing to sacrifice him for another after his years of faithful service you are very wicked massa i love you i do all bad things for you but i no die dis woman he pointed to the perfectly calm mrs birch who was much the most composed of the group she come here and kill Valeria she write a letter sayin dat if valeria come to de gate late she would be safe from dos who would kill her and valeria she comes wid my big knife to save herself den dis woman he pointed again at mrs birch she stab and stab and stab it is all utterly false denied the accused woman coldly do you believe this of your mother's friend gerald no said the young man generously there must be some mistake i cannot believe that mrs birch would be so wicked her known character contradicts this man's accusation i believed that geary murdered bellaria himself at major reb's instigation that's a lie said reb in an agitated voice dat one big lie repeated geary in his own vernacular and fumbled in his breast pocket see massa he went towards morgan dis de letter dat i find in valeria's dress and mrs crosby made a bound and a grab but morgan whisked the letter out of geary's hand and held it above her head one of the policemen caught the widow to hold her back and she burst into tears is this your writing madam morgan asked mrs birch holding the letter before her no said mrs birch in an unshaken voice mr haskins knows my writing well gerald look at the letter the young man took the epistle it was evidently disguised handwriting clumsy and illiterate 
he could not reasonably say that mrs birch had penned the few lines which asked valeria to come to the gates of the pixies house at midnight on a certain date to meet a well-wisher so the letter was signed who could save her from the tana society the script was quite unlike mrs birch's sloping italian hand which was that of the mid-victorian epoch no he said and very gladly i don't think that mrs birch wrote this letter ah the woman drew a long breath but displayed no triumph of course mr inspector the charge is absolutely absurd this mad girl whom mr haskins has married murdered the miserable creature ah said gerald slipping his arm round mavis who shivered and hid her face you return evil for good mrs birch morgan took the letter and placed it in his pocket i don't know what to think he muttered you may be innocent and geary he glanced at the savage face of the negro who shouted wrathfully i no kill dat woman he cried stamping like a wild bull in a rage she write de letter i come to dis house to find de major and i find valeria dead she just dying did she speak mavis asked the question no she no speak she die at once i look in de dress and i find dat letter and dis geary opened his huge black palm and on it lay the coral hand with the dagger dat on de ground near de dress he ended do you recognize this asked morgan turning to gerald while mrs crosby uttered a wail of fear and mrs birch became even paler than she had been gerald had defended mrs birch before and she had returned his kindness by accusing mavis he determined to leave her to her fate since she was so ungrateful especially as he readily recognized the coral hand so you did not give it back to venosta after all he said to the terrified mrs crosby mr inspector this amulet belongs to he was about to say the name when mrs birch after a glance of despair around interrupted it belongs to me she said harshly not to my daughter mrs crosby received it from signor venosta but she gave it to me to return to him after she made use of it to control the jew money-lender i did not return it to signor venosta i-she stopped it was found near the corpse of valeria by this man said morgan gravely so if it belonged to you it hers it hers shouted geary how do you know asked reb sharply i see dis woman in dat engine he meant the motor-car on de hill when i leave valeria dead i run out to see where any one was dat kill valeria and i see dat woman with dis udder in dat engine but you came running from the house cried reb you could not let be said mrs birch evidently recognizing that denial was useless no doubt he did see me but i am guilty and mrs crosby is perfectly innocent then you killed the woman cried gerald appalled yes but not intentionally listen from you we learned something about this girl and then my daughter and i were here on one occasion and knew something beforehand about the matter we forced major reb to explain as the girl was supposed to be pretty she cast a disdainful glance at mavis and my daughter was a trifle jealous when you gerald came asking madge to take charge of this girl i took alarm as i thought that something serious was the matter you did said reb bitterly and you forced me to tell you the truth of how my income depended upon mavis never getting married 
but i did not expect you to kill valeria so as to save the income i did not do so for that purpose said mrs birch steadily madge and i were in despair as only her marriage with you could save us from terrible trouble when gerald explained about valeria's fear of the coral hand i learned its purport from signor venosta then i thought that i could use it to bend valeria to my will what was your will asked todd who looked awestruck to insist that valeria should take mavis to italy and keep her there so as to prevent her marrying then i knew that major rebb's income would be safe and that madge could marry and take us both out of the horrible misery we endured trying to keep up appearances on nothing on nothing cried haskins suddenly beyond a hundred a year madge and i were penniless said mrs birch coolly but you lived in style said rebb who seemed to be thunderstruck by these sordid revelations oh we are only a couple of adventuresses said mrs birch ironically we deceived every one even gerald's mother who was as kind and good a woman as ever breathed don't muttered the young man softly i am only praising the dead said mrs birch stolidly i say no evil of her well then we were in desperate straits else i never would have hit on the desperate scheme of getting bellaria to kidnap mavis which was what it amounted to i told madge nothing save that i wanted to see major rebb we informed gerald that we were going to bognor and we really were going but by my plan we came to devonshire and madge got one of her friends to lend her a motor she drives excellently and as we were at belldown before she knows the country i pretended that major rebb was at the pixies house and had arranged to see me at midnight this i told my daughter and you believed so ridiculous a story said morgan fixing an official eye on the shrinking woman but she only moaned leave her alone i am to blame said mrs birch sharply and the murder of bellaria was pure accident pure accident muttered arnold ironically mrs birch turned on him with a wintry smile yes sir the car broke down that was really an accident while madge was seeing what was the matter i said that i would walk on and inquire if major rebb was at the house and could take us in for the night i came to the gates and waited for a time bellaria came at length she opened the gates in fear and trembling and was armed with a large yellow-handled knife dat my knife muttered the negro and rolled his eyes i explained who i was and told her about the marriage i said that i could put venosta as representing the society on her track unless she took mavis to italy and kept her single i promised her a pension but the foolish creature mrs birch shrugged her shoulders would listen to nothing she refused to go to italy saying that she would be killed there i showed her the coral hand and she tried to snatch it from me we struggled and she lost her head saying that i had come to kill her once she wounded me in the arm here mrs birch rolled up her sleeve and showed a newly healed scar of considerable dimensions so i tried to take the knife from her then then cried morgan speaking for the others who were all tongue-tied and staring at the terrible recital mrs birch put a slim hand to her head i don't know exactly what took place 
she said wearily and indifferently but somehow i got the knife and in the struggle in the darkness i stabbed her to the heart when she fell i was terrified at what i had done and flung the knife into the long grass the coral hand had long since fallen to the ground then i ran away back to the car i found madge had repaired the damage which was slight she saw blood on my dress i told a lie and we got into the car to fly on the hill yonder she pointed over the ruined wall towards denley the car went wrong again then it was that we saw a man come running up it was geary but madge started the car and we managed to get away i was not sure if he recognized us you you said geary with a grin in the lamp i saw you when i come to town wid my massa but i say nothing till my massa want to hang me i come back and look for dis gal in de house i had fled by that time with arnold said mavis faintly is that all asked morgan formally turning to mrs birch what else would you have she asked did your daughter know of she knew nothing i only knew that my mother had accidentally killed bellaria cried mrs crosby foolishly i made her tell me because of the blood you idiot said the mother between her teeth then said morgan officially i must arrest you both but i am innocent shrieked mrs crosby you are an accomplice after the fact said morgan come he laid a heavy hand on mrs crosby's shoulder she started away with a terrible cry reb flung himself forward to save her morgan grappled with him and mrs birch tried to snatch her daughter out of the way the others were too startled to move mrs crosby who was mad with fear tore herself from the grasp of mrs birch and ran towards the ruined wall in the vain hope of escaping save me help me i won't go to prison i am innocent innocent in deadly terror she scrambled over the fallen wall geary ran forward to stop her from escaping while morgan still fought with the major and the two policemen were trying to help their superior on seeing the negro run after mrs crosby the mother silent and savage moved swiftly across the grass in pursuit she did not run but she glided so rapidly that in a moment as it seemed she was over the ruins of the wall and on the verge of the cliff along with madge the negro she pushed aside as the others came running up she cried out madge let us die together and before mrs crosby knew what was in her mother's mind she had leaped into the deep pool holding her dearly loved daughter for whom she had sinned so deeply there was a loud splash the agonized scream of mrs crosby and then silence six months later a happy young couple were in the drawing-room of a handsome house in kensington with them was mrs pelham looking more stately and graceful than ever she had established herself on the sofa in her regulation attitude and mavis was seated in a low chair beside her gerald stood with his back to the fire smoking and looked extremely happy his happiness was reflected in the face of his young wife and mrs pelham Oden presided over the joint enjoyment like a fairy godmother you are both looking splendid she said in her deep clear voice and i am glad to see you both after your sojourn abroad but do you think it was kind to leave england without seeing me mavis caught the two hands of the old actress no it was not kind 
i said that it was not kind but gerald gerald said that it was necessary said that young man coolly dear mrs palamoden look at the circumstances there was the inquest on the bodies of those two poor women who drowned themselves in the peace pool in mother carey's peace pool i thought that mrs birch dragged her daughter to death so she did admitted gerald quickly mrs crosby would have been arrested as an accomplice after the fact and in any case would have sunk into poverty without her mother to help her mrs birch of course thought she would be hanged although seeing how she swore that the crime was accidental extenuating circumstances might have been found i suppose mrs birch who was frantically fond of her daughter thought it best they should go together madge certainly would have lived poor soul in spite of all her misery as she loved life but mrs birch pulled her down and they are buried in leegarth cemetery beside Bellaria, said mavis with a shiver how strange the punishment of providence my dear said mrs palamoden rebukingly the murderess was laid beside her victim a wicked woman no said gerald throwing up his hand don't call her that but she murdered i believe that the crime really was committed accidentally and as she and poor madge have paid for their sins let us leave them to god mrs palamoden who are we to judge and as was revealed at the inquest those two women had suffered much misery and trouble i wonder how they managed to deceive the tradesmen for so long said the old actress musingly i am sure my tradesmen always make me pay every month but look at the thousands they owed and it would all have been paid had mrs crosby married the major i dare say with mavis's six thousand a year i have only three thousand said mrs haskins charity has the rest mrs pelham odin kissed the girl's forehead you behaved in a noble way my dear i hear that lady euphemia has quite taken to charity now that she knows her father was a devonshire durham and todd has got back his ruined castle to play the laird he says however that he is coming back from scotland to work again at the law and quite right he is said gerald sitting down i don't believe in any man being lazy lady euphemia wants todd to play the laird on his wife's money but todd has too much respect to live on his wife i know you have said mavis looking at him fondly you don't know how difficult it is to make him take money she added turning to the actress he will live on his own income and works like a nigger not like geary if he is the nigger in question my dear mavis this house is yours and i-you're going to say that you are a boarder stop and mavis laid a pretty hand over his mouth gerald kissed it you are both extremely silly said mrs palamoden share and share alike money and love and sentiments and everything right said haskins playfully mavis darling give me back that kiss i came here said mrs pelham odin in her most dignified way to welcome you back from the continent so i must be attended to and you did leave england after the trial without seeing me gerald rose and became serious i did so to save my wife from an attack of brain fever he said gravely think of what that trial meant to a girl who had never faced such a throng of people oh gerald there was the belver theatre i am sure the people in the court were a better audience said mrs palamoden using her fan and after all the trial was a mere form 
you were proved to be quite sane by those two nice doctors and perfectly innocent when the evidence was given as to mrs birch's verbal confession i read all about it in the papers you were made quite a heroine mavis and as i like heroines i expected you to come and tell me all about it instead of which added the actress returning to her grievance you went quietly to the continent to switzerland said haskins slipping his arm around mavis's waist there we passed a happy time and mavis recovered from the shock of all these dreadful things we never talk of them now i am very sorry too said mrs pelham odin obstinately but i must know what has become of every one major rebb i understand is in south america yes he could not face the court and so he bolted no one went after him as of course he knew nothing about the murder and mavis did not prosecute him for his behaviour to her geary that terrible uncle tom's cabin person he ran away also i expect he is with rebb now i must say rebb did not treat him well trying to fix the guilt on him perhaps he's given rebb the go-by on that account and is now in jamaica with another wife where is the english one in barnstaple with her coffee-coloured children mavis allows her a small income i am so sorry for her said mrs haskins apologetically i am sorry for any one who is unhappily married well you and charity have married good men but poor men said gerald smiling end of chapter twenty six end of the sealed message by fergus hume recorded by celine major